0: Here's the question How can we serve innovative voices, smart ideas, and the latest technology to improve brand identity, product consistency, and profitability in the print and packaging supply chain? Welcome to the ID Alliance Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins. ID Alliance is a nonprofit association, and we serve the global supply chain for brands, print, and packaging with 12 offices located around the world. If you are interested in becoming a member of ID Alliance, you can join us by visiting our website at idalliance.org. On today's Gamut Podcast, we have Steve Smiley from Smiley Color & Associates. Steve's an independent consultant for global brand management and color management. Many of you probably already know Steve, and he's a 40-year veteran in print manufacturing, pre-media, and he's a world-leading advocate and technical expert for some of the largest consumer product companies, largest brands, and print service providers. And Steve's contribution to improving Tools, processes, specifications, and international standards. Steve has been recognized throughout the supply chain. In 2017, Steve was inducted into the Flexographic Technical Association Hall of Fame. He is also the recipient of the ID Alliance Hoslinger Award for service to the industry through the development of color management innovations that are now standards in the field. And he's also the recipient of the FTA. President's Award and the Clemson Topcat Award. And more importantly, Steve was vital in the development of swap and grackle specifications, the G7 Expert and G7 Master Programs. And Steve continues to volunteer his time to the industry as the co-chair for CGATS, a member of the TC-130 Committee and the ID Alliance Print Properties Committee. Steve, it's great to have you on today and we get to talk about one of your favorite subjects and that's flexographic printing.
1: Well, I'm excited for the opportunity to share with you what's changed in the last 40 years because it's a, it's a whole different animal than we ever had before.
0: So, what are some of the major improvements uh, between 1980 and uh, 2020? We're talking about obviously, you know, digitization of uh, workflows, uh, no longer analog. We have uh, much, you know, powerful, uh, much more powerful computers, computing technology, sensors, etc. So. What are some of the other aspects of uh, the improvements? I would assume uh, inks have gotten better, plates have gotten better, et cetera.
1: It, it, it's a combination of that, and it's, it's a combination of better consumables that we finally have. Um, again, 40, 40 years ago, Flexo was known to be the cheapest printing process you could do for manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our whole thing back then is we printed, this ends up on a box. We printed the size on the back of your underwear packaging. We could print on anything, but it was a very inexpensive process.
0: And, and
1: it was not very repeatable whatsoever.
0: So, so everything was,
1: was hand engraved. Yeah. Uh, the ink technology was a, we were learning about how to get inks to stick Uh, They worked good as long as you had rubber plates, and that was the key. 40 years ago with the rubber plates, Mm -hmm. we could print on anything, and we could make really good solids. We couldn't control our impression. We couldn't control the press very well. So in the last 40 years, what we've done as a flexo industry has been gone to conferences, and again, the flexo industry is very tight as far as sharing things with each other. Mm -hmm. But we've sat down for, for literally every two to five years, over this career time and talked about, well, we're almost as good as offset. We're getting better registration. We can't quite get the solids gravure dies. Um, and then we started getting some things that were getting significantly better. So instead of having jaggedy text, like we'd have in gravure, we can make beautiful text Now we can make beautiful solids now. And it has been a combination of the analogs technology, the plate technology, Um, again, back 30, 40 years ago, most of what we did was on rubber plates. It's a very low line ruling Mm -hmm. and flexo was considered the, the, the stepchild to say, um, to try and be politically correct. And, and today what we have in flexo is literally still in some cases a little less expensive than other types of printing but it is literally the very best printing technology we have on the planet. And that's, that's what I'd like to share with you today.
0: Steve. So if you could define for our listeners, what makes you say that that flexo is the very best in print technologies and kind of frame this up i mean if i'm trying to print signage uh outdoor you know i need something like a a, a grand formatting jet i may require something that uh prints you know a wider range or gamut of colors that may be important to me but for this discussion in your statement to qualify what print quality means we're talking about in this context uh, image reproduction and color quality and what makes Flexo better at doing that compared to uh, all set or let's say digital inkjet or toner?
1: With, with, our new, uh, with our new plate technology and our engraving technology, we can print very high densities uh, or high chroma mm-hmm. with a very thin ink film that's incredibly controllable on any substrate now you, you start challenging me with things like giant signage we don't do giant signage in flexo right. i think our limitation's probably a, a 50 by 80 plate so we, we struggle getting to be much bigger than three meters in flexo because of the plate technology and the, mm-hmm. the tools to make the image carrier what we've always been able to do with Flexo, since we lay down a liquid ink, we can lay down any thickness of ink we want. We can put down an incredibly thick white that's 80% transparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, typical typical drying whites are more in the 60-65% range, but we can get down an 80%. Um, We can lay down solids that are better because of what we've learned about plate technology. One of the biggest problems we had in Flexo, we've learned this over the years, Mm -hmm. but we had something called oxygenization that happened when we exposed a plate and the presence of oxygen. It caused our dots to bend over and be somewhat deformed was the, the technical term for it. So you had to make a pretty good-sized dot. You couldn't have a tiny minimum dot. Right. One of the things we've learned in the last few years was that if we exposed both the front of the plate and the back of the plate at exactly the same time, I can hold three and five micron dots, lines, cells. I can right. hold some of the prettiest dots that you could print with any technology.
0: Including offset and uh, high-resolution uh, uh, thermal plate devices like you would see yes. yes, you know, from a, a plate setter like a Kodak or Screen or Fuji.
1: And they are coming from those devices. So again, one of the uh, one of the Kodak devices that started making these laminated plates that were processed without oxygen mm-hmm. was one of the first real high-resolution tools we saw 10 years ago in the Flexo industry. We were laying down great solids because we weren't exposing the front in the presence of oxygen. We either removed it or filled the vacuum frame with nitrogen or we put a laminate on top that kept oxygen out of that exposure process. Wow. And that, that did us really well. We all got better. We all added new screening. We uh, we started doing things, printing better solids and traps than I believe you could ever get in an offset or gravure process.
0: Is it just a matter of moving to a higher resolution uh, capability, like from 1,200 to 2,400 DPI? Uh
1: Old Flexo, we did it, you know. We, I remember back in the days when we were at 1200 res and then we went to mm-hmm. 2400 res. Then we added more lasers at 2400 res, which actually increased the resolution of the dots we were making. Mm-hmm. So I could have had 2400 resolution with. Um, one beam, four beams, eight beams, and the, the, the term 2400 resolution really didn't mean anything because the eight beams plus the 2400 resolution rendered what we got in our final dots that were getting smoother and smoother. Got it. And today, we've had a big push where everybody's saying the 4000 res is the very best. And and even some of the brands have said, you have to use this branded product called four thousand res on all of our work. Um mm-hmm. I have seen twenty five forty work that produced better than 4,000 res. I've seen 50, 80 res that produced um, just as well as twenty-four, fifty, or or 4,000. So again, there's a lot of other factors besides just the resolution in it.
0: Steve, I'm going to take a moment to recognize our sponsor, Telia Labs. If your company or print operation is struggling to automate imposition and planning, and you're tired of building imposition templates for every single job, Telia Labs provides artificially intelligent planning and imposition solutions at your fingertips. With their award-winning software, Telia Phoenix, you can quickly run cost-based analysis to plan and impose your customers' orders. With Telia Phoenix, you can easily integrate with MIS and workflow solutions using industry standard JDF, XML, or state-of-the-art RESTful APIs for increased automation. Whether you're printing books, brochures, cartons, labels, or signs, Phoenix's Imposition AI can nest, dynamically gang, and calculate the most cost-efficient production plan without ever creating a single template. To learn how Tilia Labs is modernizing the print and packaging software with smart AI-driven technology, just visit Telia Labs at T-I-L-I-A-L-A-B-S dot com. That's TeliaLabs dot com. As well, through the end of the year, Telia Labs is offering a free 30-day trial of Telia Phoenix. And you can request your free trial today by visiting TeliaLabs.com forward slash gamut. That's TeliaLabs.com forward slash gamut for a free 30-day trial of Telia Phoenix. So, Steve, going back to where we were before. You know, when we take a look at the brand requirement or the buyer requirement uh, for Flexo, and you mentioned a very specific and unique uh, resolution, which is not always the uh, uh, the right. Uh, technical decision to make uh, just because it sounds like it's, you know, uh, well, 4,000 is bigger than 2540, so it must be better. We're looking at uh, consistency, uh, brand color, consistency, brand identity as a buying requirement. Uh, Can we easily say that we can use a specification like Grackle 2013 to spec a job for Flexo now?
1: So let's just just an example. If your requirement is that we shall print to uh, CRPC-6 or grackle 2013, mm-hmm. uh, you should have no other expectation from a flexo printer than you would for a gravure printer or an offset printer. <gasps> They should be able to match CRPC-6 at a very high percentage with, in most cases, more consistency print-to-print-to-print than we would get on offset
0: or gravure. And why is that?
1: Flexo is a giant rubber stamping machine. We, we apply exactly the same amount of ink on the plate every time. And if that ink is transferring properly because I have the right analogs volume, the right sticky back, if I've done my optimization properly, mm-hmm. I deliver exactly the same thing to every impression.
0: So we're talking about the analogs. Uh, we're also talking about uh, the plates and the sticky back. So the, similar to offset, we have uh, a couple uh, key conditions. So are these the key conditions? If I'm a flexo operator, I want to improve my quality. Uh, what do I need to key in on to make sure that I repeat uh, that uh, setup day in and day out?
1: In the flexo industry, the, the big key we have to making things work consistently is that we optimize our plate package. The plate package is a, a combination of the analog roll, the sticky back, and the plate material, along with the substrate. So you would build a curve, or and again, in the case of what I do, I build G7 curves mm-hmm. and SCTV curves for the spot colors. But we build all of those based off the substrate for that particular package. If I'm going from paper to film, I might use a different volume analog roll. Whereas on an offset press, you would turn up the thickening of the ink because you went to another substrate. Right. We would add a different analog roll and it would all be optimized. Right. On the offset press, when you turn up the ink, are you adjusting the dampening? which you might need to because you're running a thicker ink film. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the side effects to running out of stable can be completely maintained on the Flexo side. I have a plate package that I've built for one material. I have a plate package i built for my second material. Understood. And I'm watching, which, which got me so beside myself today, and the reason I, I asked to talk to you about this, I'm going into printing facilities with five and six presses that are three meters wide. Right. They're running 1,900 feet per minute, printing seven color, and they're doing two or three jobs across this six foot press uh, for two or three different brands at the same time at 1900 feet a minute these machines will then unload the job unload the cylinders with a robot load new cylinders on there and in 20 minutes they're running the next set of three jobs
0: well, you just took it to another level. I mean, that is the uh, really the state of the art as far as uh, productivity. When we move from a spot color production workflow to a seven color process fixed palette. and in addition to the benefits of that, it also opens us up to gang running multiple jobs, which uh, will just uh, put your profitability through the roof. But... Going back to the uh, original discussion and the improvements in uh, Flexo technology, talk to me about plates, because that's where a key benefit is and an improvement is. And not everybody is using uh, the newer technology to solve that MnDOT problem.
1: I, I have to tell you, the pre-press companies that are providing plates to printers, they have the new technologies, and they're very high-demand. I see. Uh, From a printer converter standpoint, I would say we're probably close to 30% have these new capabilities. One of the interesting things in Flexo that's happened over the last 10 years, is, I believe, is we have a lot less printing decks running today than we did 10 years ago. I believe that has dropped because of just the economics of companies buying other companies. Um, I see. But they've become more and more efficient. They've been able to run faster and faster. Things have been changing quickly, and I believe now there has been a reinsurgence of more equipment being purchased. So I think that's picking up quicker than it has been in several years. I think that the drop was really shown between 2010 and 2020 that we dropped about 20% of the presses or 20% of the printing units.
0: And, I mean, Flexo and I think of consumer packaging, you know, that's uh, something that's not going away. We're always going to have bright, beautiful packages in the uh, retail space. And, uh, of course, there's other applications as well. I mean, pharmaceutical, uh, there's a variety of applications for Flexo, unlike the publishing industry and uh, web offset and traditional offset. Uh, The demand, I would assume, is still the same, but I may be wrong. No, sir.
1: It's actually growing. It's it's one of the fastest growing. We're growing at about twenty percent a year from the uh, from the packaging one.
0: So and people... I
1: have to tell you, since coronavirus has kicked in, yeah, every printer I know has bought machines that they've been able to pay for, just printing hand sanitizer solutions. Um, 24-7, just pumping out hand sanitizer.
0: So you brought up a point about versatility. You, you mentioned that, I think, a little earlier. And uh, what are some of the different applications that we don't normally think of when it comes to Flexo?
1: One of the cool things that we do today is we uh, we are actually printing on circuit boards, and we're printing batteries that are going inside of uh, phones and printed electronics. We're printing light that can actually pick up a field charge somewhere in the area on a very, very thin film. One of my favorite fishing lures, when I throw it into the water, it has light printed in it on a flexo press so the lure lights up and sends out uh, signals in the Gulf of Mexico for the fish to come. We print electronics. We print light. We print on paper. We print on corrugated. We print on plastic. Uh, one of the one of the one of my favorite and I've got a little press downstairs in my basement that uh, can actually print on a piece of film, heavy metal, five microns across that you could plug a battery into and it can become a keyboard and you can print. Uh, you, can, you can play music on it, plug a speaker in, plug a battery in. It's the only technology we have that can print that high of a resolution without any breaks in the lines. So it's literally so high a resolution that it's bypassed our other printing technologies and we can print virtually on anything that we can run through a printing machine.
0: Steve, it never fails. Every time I talk to you, I learn something new. And uh, Flexo to many of our listeners may be a mystery. I mean, it's an amazing technology uh, when we we really take for granted uh, what we see in the retail space and consumer packaging. As far as uh, how how do they make that, you know? And uh, to hear the versatility of Flexo um, is really a treat. And we are going to have you back on for some additional episodes. So listeners, stay on the lookout for future episodes with Steve Smiley from Smiley Color. And again, Steve, thanks for sharing your time and your knowledge with us today. Thanks for the opportunity to talk with you. This has been a real treat. Thanks for listening to the Gamut Podcast. If you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts, simply email me at jcollins at idealliance.org. That's J-C-O-L-L-I-N-S at idealliance.org. Take care and have a productive day.